Good morning, church. Good morning, Crossroads. We thank you for joining us here in person. And for those of you watching online, welcome. Would you please stand and worship with us this morning? I saw Satan fall like lightning. I saw darkness run for cover. But the miracle that I just can't get over My name is registered in heaven I believe in signs and wonders I have resurrection power Yes, I do Still the miracle that I just can't get over My name is registered in heaven my praise belongs to you forever. This is my testimony from death to life. Cause grace rewrote my story. I'll testify by Jesus Christ the righteous. I'm justified. This is my testimony. This is my testimony. Together, sons and daughters, bought with blood and washed in water. Sing the praises of the Spirit, Son and Father. Our God will finish what He started. Yeah, our God will finish what He started. This is my testimony from death to life. Cause grace rewrote my story I'll testify By Jesus Christ the righteous I'm justified This is my testimony This is my testimony Testimony, this is my testimony. Yeah. 
morning to our Lord. To those around me, 
guys pray with me this morning lord we come before you and and lord just acknowledge that truth and lord i just um just just reminded of your word in in romans romans it says therefore having been justified by faith we have peace with god through our lord jesus christ through whom also we have obtained our introduction by faith into this grace in which we stand and we exalt in hope of the glory of god and not only this but we also exalt in our tribulations Knowing that tribulation brings about perseverance, and perseverance, proven character, and proven character, hope, and hope does not disappoint, because the love of God has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. Lord, we, Lord, we stand justified because of what Jesus did on the cross for us. And Lord, the hope that we have in Jesus will not disappoint us, and that is the truth that we proclaim this morning. So, Lord, we rest in in your truth. We stand on your truth, and we go forward in truth. And, Lord, we love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You guys can have a seated. You guys can have a seat. Have a seat. Have be seated. Um, It's good to be with you. Hey, uh, I love love when we can sing songs like that. I will build my life upon the rock, upon the love of Jesus. And so um, I just want to encourage you just to know that the hope that we have in Christ will not disappoint us. That rock's not going to move. So just be reminded of that truth this morning. So I want to keep a few things just in your in your calendar. Uh, so we have the Light of the World uh, Christmas uh, Light Experience that's happening on the 11th and 12th of December. And so what's going to happen is you'll drive up, you'll you'll drive around the parking lot, and you'll see all the different lights that are going to be set up. And I'm telling you, the things that Beth, the Petro, and the team are putting together are phenomenal. Like I, I mean, I'm using zip ties in ways I've never used zip ties in my life. Right? rich knows yeah and so we're putting like clothes hanger you know clothes hangers together making like snowflakes and there's light there's deer all over the place like you know there are in pa um but one thing i want to encourage you is if you can join us we have a work day today uh right after the second service we'll be meeting over in the gym we're gonna have some lunch and then we're gonna get moving um but we're, we're setting up stuff we're painting we're scraping we're zip tying we're you know getting things ready and then you're going to start to see lights all over the parking lot coming up the hill around our parking lot and there's a live nativity so a few things that we are asking um, that we're, we need from, from you all. If you have any extra lights, we, we would love to get those. Um, and if you have any deer, like the light-up deer, we'd love to borrow those. Um, and then also we're looking for a Mary and Joseph. We're looking for some shepherds to, to be in the live nativity. And so that's going to um, be on the 11th and 12th of December. If you have any questions, go on the front page of our website, um, and you can check out more information there. Uh, the different work days that are on there, there's a couple more still left. But um, 11th and 12th, we'd love to see you all. And just go on our website. You can register for the time that you're going to come up on the 11th or 12th and just drive around and enjoy the lights and enjoy the, the live nativity. So spread the word. You'll see stuff floating around today on the website and on, on the Internet. So share that, and we just love to see you. But if you have any questions, Beth DePetra will be at the Welcome Center um, after this service, and she can answer any questions you guys have about that. Um, Christmas Eve, 1, 3, 5, and 7, so just so that you can prepare, 1, 3, 5, and 7, all the exact same service, 
But I just wanted to give you guys those times ahead of time. So one, three, five, and seven, because we're like right around the corner, right? It's like, what is tomorrow? Start the 25 days of Christmas, or was it, yeah, Monday, uh, Tuesday. And so we're getting ready. And so uh, just join us for one of those services. And uh, we're going to celebrate the life and, and the birth of Jesus Christ. And then I want to pull this picture. You know, the, birth, the, the, the birthday gift of Jesus is something that we do here. And it's every year we, we, we don't just raise money. We continue to be on mission because we want to see lives changed by Jesus Christ. And so the birthday gift of Jesus is an opportunity we have to give the most to Jesus. Our goal is $90,000. And Anna and Jan Franka are from, um, they're from Serbia. And last year they were standing right here where I'm standing. And they said, we're going to Serbia to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ. And now they're in Serbia. They're, they're bringing the gospel all over the place in Serbia. And so be praying for them. Uh, they're wonderful people. They're really, really sweet people. And uh, I know the young adults, we had them in our, in our class last year, and they were, they were a treat. They're really fun people. Um, so it's exciting to see what God's doing in their life. So be praying for them. And also grab this uh, birthday gift, the Jesus list, and pray about your part, how you can make Jesus the number one priority this Christmas. And so uh, we're at 90000 for our goal. And here's where we're at currently. We're at $20,753. So let's just thank the Lord for what's coming in. It's really exciting. It's really exciting. So pray about your part. Um, you can give to the birthday gift of Jesus. There's little envelopes in the back in the lobby and also in the auditorium. You can also give online. Um, if you go to the front, pa- front page of our website, you can click on giving or you can click on the birthday gift of Jesus page. Um, and there's instruction there how to give online to the birthday gift of Jesus. So, um, but guys, pray about your part and let's be on mission, okay? It's good to be with you all. You guys excited? The sunshine's poking through. Then we got snow coming in Tuesday, right? That's what when I'm here. I know you're like, oh, I just found out. <laughs> it's ex- Hunter's excited. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for just the, the excitement that we can have of knowing that you're the, you're the hope that we trust in, the hope that will not disappoint. And, Lord, as we um, just continue to just give thanks for all that you've done, Lord, to, to give thanks that um, we're not justified by our actions. We're justified by the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Um, and, Lord, our, our, our faith is, is being stirred as we sing those songs. And so, Lord, encourage our hearts this morning. Lord, just make us more like yourself. And I pray that, um, that we would just walk away just excited to, to take this message of hope that will not disappoint to, to our families, to our, our loved ones, to our circles, Lord, to our, our workplaces, to our communities. Uh, Lord, we are um, truly humbled uh, that you're with us. Even just right now, Lord, you're with us. And so, Lord, speak to our hearts. And uh, thank you for just bringing us here, whether we're online, whether we're in the building, Lord, we're all uh, one church. We're your church. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.
morning please the name of Jesus how powerful it is when we just say your name Lord we just 
are thrilled that you even give us the privilege of saying your name, the privilege of saying Jesus. You are the name above all names, Lord God, and you are worthy of all of our praise. And we thank you today for allowing us to come together in the midst of just your people, those that are here in the church today, those that are online, those that are just listening to us from their telephones, Lord. We thank you that we can come together, Lord, and praise the name of Jesus. Lord, you are worthy of all of our praise. You are the one that gives us the joy, the peace, the hope that this world cannot give us. Only you can. So, Lord, we call out to you today and thank you for dying on the cross for us, Lord God, so that we could have joy and peace and hope in a world that is so lost. Lord, we love you and we thank you so much for the word that Ken is going to preach today from your living, living word, the Bible. We ask that you allow the Holy Spirit to just seep into our hearts, Lord, today and just allow us to just um, really hear from you, Lord, and go away from this place knowing that we have met with the God of the universe, the great I am. We love you, Lord. You are worthy of all of our praise, and we thank you for this morning. Amen. Glad to be here this morning. Let's thank our great God. What a great God we serve. Amen. God has been so good to us, and uh, that's what we're talking about today is gratitude, just thanking God and honoring Him. We started off last week talking about gratitude, and I hope that you had a good Thanksgiving. Wednesday night was just an incredible night here uh, for our Thanksgiving Eve gathering. If you missed Wednesday night, I want to encourage you to go online and check it out. Go on Facebook. All of our services are archived on, on Facebook, and you will see Thanksgiving Eve. Man, Chad told his story on there. Um, who else told their story? A few other guys. Chad, Dave Peterson told his story, and Hunter. Man, these guys, uh, they, they were, and Josh Watts was here. Josh and Shannon Watts were here. So uh, I just want to thank all those people that made that uh, a great service. Let's thank God for that, man. What a great, great time. So I want to... I want to encourage you to jump on and watch that if you missed that because you will be blessed by it. And uh, it was just, a, just an absolutely incredible time. Uh, gratitude is the, the attitude of thanksgiving. And so we're talking today about how to have gratitude in troubled times because we certainly do. We have gratitude in troubled times. Like, like the times are rough out there. The, the world is hard and uh, there's no, no question about it. It's been a hard world, and this 2020 has been absolutely one of the hardest years that you will ever remember of your life. So how in the middle of this do I become thankful? How do I just stop and say thank you? And it's not because of a holiday. Listen, this is, a, this is something that is on our calendar in the American holiday, but um, I want you to think about being happy and thanking God every day. Have the attitude of gratitude, not on a holiday, but on every day, okay? And so let's take and think about this, because the, the reality is that gratitude requires, at true require, truly requires a you. True thankfulness requires a you. When you start to understand this, that, that, that gratitude says thank you, 
I'm coming to somebody and I'm saying, thank you. There's an object to my thankfulness. I was reading a story about a fellow by the name of Marvin Olasky. He was the editor-in-chief of World Magazine, and he recounts a conversation that he had with a successful writer. The writer happened to be an atheist, didn't believe that there was a God, but this man mentioned that he was thankful for a vacation that he went on. And so he went on to, to talk about his time in the ocean and just hanging out in the ocean with all the waves and the sun and just enjoying the beauty of it. And he was thankful for this vacation. So Marvin asked this atheist, he said, who are you thankful to? Like you have all this thankfulness, but if you don't believe that God exists, who are you thankful to? And he kept pressing him. He said, listen, you've got to have a you. There's got to be a you to the thankfulness. So this idea that I'm just thankful, that's not what we're talking about. We're not just talking about this warm, fuzzy feeling of, oh, thankfulness. It is a thank you. Gratitude places a you into the thanks. Thank you. And so for a believer, for a follower of God, we are coming and we're saying thank you to God. Our you is coming back to God. And why are we coming back to Him? Because of the greatest gift of all. You know, when you look at this, we have uh, undeniable guilt. First of all, we have undeniable guilt. There's a little equation I want to give you. Undeniable guilt plus undeserved grace. So if you take the undeniable guilt that, that we have... We are sinners. We deserve to be separated from God forever and ever in a real place called hell, the Bible talks about. That's our undeniable guilt. But the grace of God, Romans 6.23, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. You put your undeniable guilt with the undeserved grace that God gives us, and it gives us unbridled gratitude. And so when you put this equation together and you come back, now your you comes back to God Thank you to God. You come back to Him and you say, Thank you. Ephesians 2, 8, 9, For by grace you have been saved through faith. That not of yourselves. It is a gift of God. So, so make this the equation of your life. Start to understand my guilt before God. And when I come to remember that, man, I've offended this holy God, but Jesus died on the cross for me and I have new life. Not only do I have eternal life, but I have life that will... Be from here on out. God has given me this, and so it is from Him, this unbridled gratitude. Now, I come back and I say, thank you, Lord. Try that with me. Just say, thank you, Lord. Say it out loud. Thank you, Lord. Try it again. Thank you, Lord. I remember um, years ago, actually, I think it still is, there's a few people that walk around the church will say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Pastor John, that was his trademark when he would walk down the hall. He'd be like, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And and you could tell when he was coming in today. uh, He would snap his fingers and be like, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And when I was younger on stuff, I'm like, what is he doing? What's that all about? And now I'm starting to understand. He was looking for every positive thing and thanking God for it in the midst of turmoil. Like times were bad. and He's walking down the hall. He's like, thank you, Lord. I'm like, is he delusional today? No, he was thanking God. And and from time to time, you'll hear other people still do that. And I want to encourage you to say it out loud. Like just to say it. God loves whenever you just verbalize that. You know what? It just just sends sends the enemy running from you. Like, Like, thank you, God. He's done all this for you, and the least I can do is say it. Thank you, Lord. God, thank you for this great day. You know, more gratitude does not come from acquiring things. 
You will not get, you know, if you have more things. Many people say, well, the more, when I get to that level of life, whenever <clears throat> everything's comfortable, whenever I've saved enough for retirement, whenever I've fixed the house to be as I want it to be, whenever my kids get to college, when my kids get married, when my kids have grandkids, you know, when, when listen, when you get to whatever, more gratitude will not come from acquiring more things or experiences. It comes from an awareness of the goodness of God and the God's presence in your life. So God is with you. God is always with you. And, and as a believer, gratitude comes from this. Come back to James 1.17, and let's read James 1.17 together. Read it aloud with me. Every good and perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. Every good and perfect gift, every good gift comes from the Father up above. I want you to think of everything in your life, every person in your life, everybody, uh, everything that you have. These are all good and perfect gifts from the Father up above. And so what happens is whenever we're going through life and we don't get one of those or we lose one of those gifts, this is where the hard time comes. And grieving, folks, grief is part of the, the journey of life. It, I don't like grieving, but it's a part of the, the journey. And God says, listen, whenever a gift that he has given to us, whenever he takes that gift, he says to still come and be thankful. Now, now that's a hard thing to do, isn't it? I find that I struggle with that from time to time. And, and, and if you struggle with it, I think that's okay because... We're humans. But God has told us that every good and perfect... So I remember losing my father and two brothers. And I remember going through those hard times and, and just saying, you know what, I'm going to thank God that he gave me that dad, that he gave me those brothers, that he gave me these people in my life. Every good and perfect gift is from the Father above and comes down from the Father of lights. So God is giving you. I want you to think today about the every good thing that you have today. You got up this morning. Can you thank God for that? You, uh, you're here so you don't have the coronavirus, right? You, you, you thank God for that. Like, like this, this world is upside down. The world is going nuts. And there are so many gifts. And when you start to list out all the gifts that God has given to you, I want you to know that those gifts, you will find that there are far more good gifts that he has given to you than you have problems. But what happens is we don't often stop. We don't often stop and think about it. We don't often stop and, and, uh, and dwell on it. It requires us to slow down. And God wants us to do this on a regular basis. It's not an annual basis. This is like all the time he wants us to have gratitude. Jeremiah 31.3 says that I have loved you with an everlasting love. I have drawn you with unfailing kindness. God loves you with an everlasting love. And so when you come to understand that, like... As much as I've failed God, God loves me. As much as there are problems in this world, God still loves me. There's all these things that are going on. I love that everlasting love. Like that's going to, that's going to be longer than my life on earth. I have loved you with an everlasting love. I have loved you with unfailing kindness. How many humans do you know that their kindness fails? I know a lot. My kindness fails. God says, I've loved you with an unfailing kindness. 
I have loved you with an, uh, with an everlasting love. This is the love that I have for you. And so what you've got to do, you come along and you say, God, I'm going to thank you, thank you, thank you. Gratitude is this. In your notes, you can write this down there if you're taking notes. Uh, gratitude is uh, the many benefits rec- to recognize the many benefits that we have received from God and other people. When we start to look at this and we start to understand that we have been given many things from God and from other people, now we can stop and we can realize that that I get to uh, have a choice to be grateful or not. I can can just live my life and, and go on and never say thank you. Or if I stop... And I say thank you to God. And, and gratitude for a believer, this is essential, as we said last week. We have to start with God. We thank God for his gifts to us, his gift of eternal life, for his gifts of the daily life, of all the things that we have in our world, and for all the people he's placed and all the gifts that we have. They all come from him. So I recognize the many benefits. Gratitude is a choice. I get to choose that. And many people quite often don't choose to be grateful. Many people uh, dwell on what they don't have or the negative, And God says, I want you to come back and I want you to realize what I have done. I want you to realize who I am. Gratitude. Over in Luke chapter 17, beginning in verse 11, I believe, I'm going to share with you this passage this morning about uh, about Jesus. He was going through a town here, and Luke chapter 11 says it well. He says, as Jesus continued on toward Jerusalem, he reached the border between Galilee and Samaria. So when Jesus was traveling, he was going from the south up to the northern part to where Jerusalem was. And as he was going through, he's going right along the border of Samaria, which is where all the Gentiles were living, and Jerusalem, which is where all the Jews were living. And so the, the Jews, I'm sorry, Jerusalem was north, but he was on Israel versus uh, Samaria. And so as he's going right through here on his way to Jerusalem, many Jewish people wouldn't even walk that way, number one. So Luke makes a big point of it. Like Jesus went where people wouldn't go. Uh, Jesus was not afraid of people. Jesus was not a respecter of persons. He loved everybody. Amen. So God takes him and he goes right through. Jesus here walks through. He's taking his disciples. He's on a little journey here. As he entered the village, verse 12, ten lepers stood at a distance. And they shouted. They were crying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Now, understand something about leprosy. Leprosy in that day was thought to be highly contagious. If you Google search today and Google is leprosy contagious, you'll see that now we have found out it's not nearly as contagious as we thought it to be. But in those days, they would have leper colonies. And and really, you don't hear anybody with leprosy in our modern world. I think I read that the last leper colony was in the United States. was I think 2015 it closed up. Um, But there are still, in remote places around the world, there's still uh, small leper colonies where they have to deal with this and they try to contain it and we we don't want it to obviously go all over the place, right? Um, These people that would have leprosy, they they could not come to worship. They could not hold a job. They could not hang out with their family. They could not do anything because leprosy was was thought to be highly contagious. And so what it was, it was a a flesh-eating disease. 
And, and it would quite often it would start out as a little rash, and then it would just take over. And pretty soon people would lo- could lose a nose. They could lose parts of their ear, lose parts of their face, just emaciate people. Uh, they would lose fingers, and they, they would, like, lose their whole hand at many times because this thing, and it would eventually kill them. So what they would do is they would take leper and put them together. So here you are, and you're going through Samaria, and so he's on the border of Samaria and Israel. So what happens is a leper colony comes together, and it didn't matter if you were a Jew or a Samaritan at that point. You're just a leper, so they put all the lepers together, and there were ten lepers. And they're standing there. Remember, they're outcasts. They're not allowed to worship. They can't do anything. They've lost their life. They can't be with their family. They can't have a job. They can't do anything because of the spread. They would come along, and they would stay together. They would beg, and people would throw the money from a distance. And Jesus, as he enters the village, ten of them stood there. Imagine ten men standing there, and they would cry out, Jesus, have mercy on us. He looked at them, verse 14, he looked at them, and he said, Go show yourselves to the priest. And as they went, they were cleansed of their leprosy. Now, now we don't know exactly how this happened. We know it says that as they went, they were cleansed. But why would he tell them to go to the priest? Like, like they had probably heard that Jesus was the person who, who, who spit on the ground and, and, and made a little bit of mud with, a, with his spit and put it on the, on the blind man he was able to see. They heard about other lepers that he had touched, and, and they were cured of leprosy. And they heard all these things. But, but Jesus, in this moment here, he just tells them, go see the priest. Why is he telling them to go see the priest? Well, according to ceremonial law, that before a leper could be released into society, they had to be okayed by the priest. So the priest would come and say, okay, you're okay now. You, you can go. You, you're free to worship. You're, you're free. You've got your life back. You can go be with your family. You can uh, resume your place in society. You can live. You can function again. And, and as they went, they were cleansed of their leprosy. So uh, imagine this. He says, just go see the priest. And they know what that means. They know it's for ceremonial cleansing. But they're like, hey, we got leprosy. What are we going to do there? And could you imagine as they're walking along and all of a sudden they say, wow, man, it's gone. My my skin is back. Look, it's completely gone. My my rash is gone. Look, this is I've been healed. And as they by the time they get to the priest, and the priest says, "Yes, it's true. You're free. You're able to go." And they go off and they're running. Could you imagine the joy and the excitement that they have at that point? Can you imagine the 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 uh, the, the thrill that they were just healed? Can you imagine that? However, only one of them, verse fifteen, one of them. When he saw that he was healed, came back to Jesus shouting, Praise God! And he fell to the ground at Jesus' feet, thanking him for what he had done. This was the Samaritan. And so here was Jesus, the Jew, and and he had healed this group of lepers. And all ten of them were healed. Only one came back. Only one came back and, and hunted Jesus down. Only one came back and said, Jesus, thank you so much. Thank you for what you've done. Thank you. Look, look, I, I, look what you've done for me and, th- and expressed his gratitude. Only one. And Jesus responds, didn't I heal ten men? Where are the other? Where's the other nine? Didn't I heal ten? 
Has no one returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And what he was saying was, has nobody returned to give glory to God except the person that Jews and Gentiles don't talk? And like he overcame that barrier and he came back and said, thank you. And here's the people, the Jewish people, the people that should be understanding this. They don't even come back. And Jesus said to the man, stand up and go. Your faith has healed you. And I want you to think about that today because what would that be like if, if you were healed of something powerful, some disease that was emaciating you? You're healed of cancer. You're healed of anything. And God says, hey, come back and thank me. Like, like there were ten of them and only one came back. And so, so it, was a, it, was a, it was a big deal. And he says here, Stand up and go. Your faith has healed you. You know what happened to this guy? He had something more. His soul was healed that day. All of them were healed of leprosy, but that day that man was healed. His soul was healed. And he came back and he had the response. He said, God, thank you. And just imagine him falling down on the ground and, and just weeping and thanking God. You know, can you imagine? It's, it's like today. You know, can you imagine what this is going to be like whenever we... Um, come out of this pandemic? You know, whenever we don't have to go into the grocery store like this anymore? Isn't it fun? I'll take a pound of chipped ham. Yeah? Just, just go try and order a pound of chipped ham up there, you know? What did you say? Yeah, I, I'm half deaf to begin with, so you, you know, going to the grocery store with me is a treat, you know, because I'm like, you know, it sounds like Charlie Brown's teacher, you know, and, and, and it's like, listen, we can't wait for the healing to be here, amen? Like, like whenever this is done, we're going to have a celebration, we're going to thanks be to God, because we do not have to be concerned about this disease and we're going to come before him and thank him and god says i want you to come back and thank me the thank you come don't just be thankful don't just be welled up with a oh i feel so good about this no it is thank you god you are the one who's healing Uh, god is the one who's working in our land right now god's working through all this i don't understand all this but i'll tell you what i can thank god for all this and so God's told us to be thankful and, and, and to come back and, and express gratitude. Here's, here's why. Because gratitude not expressed is received as ingratitude. If I, I can be thankful, but if I don't come and tell you, you don't know that. Isn't that amazing? Now, like, God knows my thoughts, but God tells me to come before His presence with thanksgiving. To enter into His gates with thanksgiving, like every day. And so this isn't just on Sunday. This is every day. This isn't just an annual holiday. This is every day. Gratitude not expressed is received as ingratitude. And I want you to think about not only your thanksgiving to God, but how about your gratitude for those in your life? And, and just coming to, the, to those around you and expressing your gratitude. Ingratitude is toxic. When we are not thankful, it is toxic. Ingratitude will poison the atmosphere at your home, at your work. It can poison churches. It can poison any place where, where unthankfulness is. And, and so as you think about that, you go in your life, um, you know what? This is a hard time. This is painful moments, folks. But I'll tell you what, I'm counting my blessings. 
and I'm making the list. I'm saying, God, thank you that you protected me. I, I want to give you one here today. I want to thank God for a man in our church, 87 years old, Ken Myers, had, uh, had coronavirus. And he's doing really well. He was in the hospital for two weeks. We prayed. You sent cards. I called Ken yesterday just to check in on him. And you know what Ken told me? He said, I'm doing really, really good. He said, I want to thank the church for all their cards. I said, what? He said, I want to thank the church for all the cards. You sent cards. And, I, and so he, he's, he's expressing his gratitude. He's thanking you for your prayers, thanking God for his healing. And he says, listen, I just want to thank God for what he has done. And, and, and I'll tell you what, this man is a thankful man. And I want to just share with you how good he's doing. He told me that yesterday he put up his own Christmas light. 87 years old. Can we thank God for that? That's awesome. I said, Ken, well, now that you're feeling better, would you like to put up my Christmas lights? No, just kidding, all right? But, uh, you know, it, it's like, uh, it's amazing. And we can thank God for that. Because, listen, there were some scary times. Ingratitude. This man was very, very thankful. So what are the instigators of ingratitude? What, what causes us to be uh, unthankful? I, I, I want to share with you here that uh, before I get to those instigators, I want to share with you just, I pulled this out the other day. This is what I do when somebody says a thank you to me. I keep them. And you see this? These are during pandemic times. Many of these are cards from people that haven't been back yet. They're being cautious, and rightfully so. Many of them are at risk. Let me read to you one or two of them here. Dear Pastor Ken and Crossroads, prayers and much love sent to you today. Hope all is well. We miss you. We thank you for all that you're doing. Dear Pastor Ken, thank you for keeping the church running and for prayers and commitments and always praying for us. Dear Pastor Ken, thank you so much for welcoming us into your church with open arms. We are so grateful to have found this place that we feel at home when we come to Crossroads. We just feel so blessed in so many ways since we started attending worship services. And, uh, and, and we have just been a part of this church. Hope you have a wonderful day. Thank you. And the list goes on and on. I have papers in here from kids. Some of the kids make us notes. Man, I've got stuff everywhere. Missionaries send us cards. Thank you for not forgetting us in the middle of the pandemic. I, you know what? I like cards better than emails. Emails get deleted, don't they? This, this is like, wow. Thank you, God, for, for your humble leadership during this season. Please know that we pray for you. Uh, just Some of them are just on a 3 by 5 card. People send a note. And, hey, we just thank you. And, and you know what it is? Because these people understand gratitude. And their heart are overwhelming with joy. And you know what that does for me as your pastor? I say, I'm going to keep going. And when I have a bad day, and, you know, it, it's been rough. This has not been an easy pandemic, right? It's not been rough for you. It's not been easy for me. And every decision I have to make, every day I have to make a decision about the church, right? And so I, I have to seek God. And I say, okay, God, we're moving forward. And, and so I take those, and, and I put them in there. And when I'm having a rough day, and 
You know, from time to time, things just get rough. That's just the way life is. I go read these. And I remember that, that somebody's life is being impacted because of Jesus and because we decided to show up today. And God got to use me. He got to use you because we showed up. And so we're, we're online. I've got so many people sending notes. Hey, we're still watching online. We love you. We can't wait for this thing to be over. Can we thank God for all that he's doing out there, folks? God is good. Let's, let's thank him. So, so, so what are the instigators of ingratitude? Let me share with you a few of the instigators of ingratitude. What causes us to be ungrateful? Number one is unmet expectations. Quite often we have an expectation. I, rule number one I tell people in marriage counseling is lower your expectations. Just lower them. Lower them. Okay? Um, why? Because you put two different humans in the same house. Uh, you have to lower that expectation. Some, uh, sometimes uh, I'll see young couples, they'll come to me and say, well, you know, my mom was an incredible cook, and she was a stay-at-home mom, and, and, uh, and I'm looking at this new bride-to-be, and she's like, I can't cook. I'm working. I'm not going to do that. And so they, they have to lower some expectations. And, or, or, you know, my dad was the handyman. He could fix everything, and, and this guy goes, man, I work. I'm sending that car down the road, I, you know. I call in people to help with those type of things. So you have to lower your expectations. And, and I think we have to lower our expectations not just in marriage but in every area of life. Lower your expectations on the church. Um, the church is, uh, we're, we're humans. We're, we're fallible people. We, um, I always tell people we're, we're, we're falling forward. Um, we're, we're moving in the right direction, but you still have humans in this place. And as these humans come together, we know that, uh, that we're just called by God and God's, God's helping us through, the, through these seasons. So lower your expectations on your marriage, on your church, on your neighborhood, on the community, on the government, on everything. And you will all of a sudden start to be happy. Um, forgetfulness. Ooh, God reminded the children of Israel over and over, don't forget, don't forget. Deuteronomy 5.15, check this out. He says, remember that you were once slaves in Egypt, but the Lord your God brought you out with his strong arm, his strong hand and powerful arm. And then he continues on. He says, therefore, remember to keep the Sabbath and keep it holy. So remember that you were once slaves. What happens to a slave? A slave never has a day off, ever. They were once slaves under the, under the strong hand of Egypt, and he says, remember that you were once a slave. Now the Lord your God has brought you out with his mighty hand. He says, therefore, on that Sabbath, I want you to pause and remember. The, the, people, the children of Israel became very good at understanding the ritual, but they actually ended up forgetting, forgetting where they had come from, forget that what God had done. As a matter of fact, Psalm 106 verse 21 says, they forgot their Savior who had done great things. They forgot God. Their Savior who had done great things. May we never forget. And I want to encourage you to every day thank God that he saved your soul. Thank God every day that he has promised you eternity. Thank God every day for the life and the peace that he can give you today. Colossians 1.13 says, For he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear Son. So we have the instigators of ingratitude. We have unmet expectations. We have forgetfulness. We have entitlement. 
Ooh, man, this is a tough one, right? When we take the simple things of life for granted as if somehow they're owed to us. Um, when we start to think of our house, our car, uh, our general situation in life, somehow that we deserve something, boy, that's a great place for ingratitude to breathe. It's just like fueling the fire of unthankfulness. Comparison. Oh, man, you can compare yourself to what, uh, what other people have and what other people don't have. But even more dangerous than that is the focus on your many sacrifices that you're making. The hard work that you're performing, the extra hours that, that we're putting in. Comparing your level of commitment to other people's level of commitment with what other people are investing versus what you're investing. And at any time in our life when we focus on ourselves more, when our self is the focus, that is when ungratitude will come. Even if you're focusing on all the good that you're doing. Because what happens is even in that good, you're focusing on all the good, you start to let people live in your shadow. And now nobody can live up to you. Oh, I did this. I worked hard here. You don't understand, family. I've been given it all, and I've done this, and I've done that. Well, pretty soon, you're so ungrateful because nobody around you can live up to you. And and God says, listen, I want you to relax. We lose our appreciation for our spouse, for our children, for our friends, for our coworkers when we constantly view them through our shadow. Boy, this is a tough one. I think that that many people, myself included, we all have to struggle because, listen, I know what I can do, and I, I cannot view somebody else through what I can do. I cannot view somebody else through what I do. And I'm very passionate about everything that I do. And I love what I do. I mean, I, I give, when I give to something, I give 200%. I don't give no, like, man, you know, I'm, I live life. If I'm going to go cut the grass, I'm cutting the grass. Not the trim, just the grass, all right? But, you know, but if, I'm, if I'm dedicated to it, I've given my heart and soul. So what happens is I can look at somebody else and God says, don't go there. Don't brag about all that you're doing. Just do it for me, for under, under my honor and glory. Don't compare to anybody. Um, and the other thing is blindness to God's grace. We get blind to the grace of God. Remember, in, uh, if you, uh, Lamentations 3.23 says that uh, basically that we are the debtors. We are the ones who owe. The steadfast love. Read it with me. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. All I have needed, His hand has provided. Great is His faithfulness. You know, ingratitude will steal everything that you got, everything that you desire in life, everything that you want. Healthy relationships, ingratitude just destroys relationships. Ungratefulness, it's a relationship killer. Humility, it destroys humility. You can't be humble and unthankful at the same time. Contentment, most of the time when you're unthankful, you are not content. You're saying somebody, something, somewhere owes me something. Enjoyment, you will have no joy. You know, the most happy people are the people who are thankful, and God listed here. Um, the, your walk with God will suffer when you, when you are ungrateful. Second Timothy 3, chapter 1, verse, verse through 5. Uh, talks about this, says this. Um, it, it listed ungratefulness in a list of sins. It says, You should know this, Timothy, that in the last days there will be very difficult times. For people will be lovers of themselves and lovers of money. They will boast 
They'll be proud, talking about themselves. They will scoff at God. They will be disobedient to their parents, and they will be ungrateful. Wait a minute. Ungratefulness is listed with all those big sins? They will consider nothing sacred. They will be unloving, unforgiving. They will slander others, and, and the list goes on and on. And God says, man, listen, you don't, you don't want to get around people like that. As a matter of fact, verse 5, he says, they act religious, but they will reject the power that could make them godly. Stay away from people like this. And so God says, listen, when you're, when you're ungrateful, listen, it's, it's like a cancer. It breeds. Ungratefulness, grumpiness. Do you ever see a grumpy person and all of a sudden three people are grumpy? Like that, that, just, that just breeds. And, and God says, listen, I, I, I want you to come back. And I want you to be thankful. And, and, and to, to respond to me. Um, gratitude will draw us closer to God. It really does. He says in his word there that his praise inhabits the people. Uh, I'm sorry. His, his presence inhabits the praise of his people. It will draw you close to God. So when you come and you thank him, it's a form of praise. I, I've heard many people try to use that verse. Uh, he inhabits the praise of his people to try and make you sing louder in church. That's not what it's about, folks. It's about you telling God, thank you, thank you, thank you, and say it out loud. And then for those the people in your life, God wants you to, to be thankful and thank them and say it out loud to them. Gratitude is the will of God for your life. That's the last point in your notes today. Gratitude is God's will for your life. I've had many a young person come to me and said, what is, my, what is God's will for my life? What does God want me to do? Should I take this job or that job? Should I marry this person or that person? Well, not, not quite like that, okay? But you know, should, should, what should I do? What, what, are, what are my decisions here? And so, yes, we have a lot of decisions. Gratitude is God's will for your life. Let me give it to you here. First Thessalonians 5.18. Read it with me. In everything give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. In everything, give thanks. A grateful heart is a God-centered, others-conscious heart. An ungrateful person is a self-centered, self-conscious heart. And God says, listen, I want you in everything that you do, through every trial, it's the hard times. Give thanks. And I don't necessarily come and say, God, thank you for that trial. But I'll tell you what, in every day of this pandemic, I have tried to come before God and thank Him. Thank Him for what He is doing in our world. You know, God is doing something globally, is He not? I don't know what He's doing. I know I'm frustrated, but my frustration will not be overcoming my thanksgiving. And everything give thanks to God. Uh, I, I was reading about a, a youth group. A pastor took his church, uh, a church group actually, from North Carolina, New Bern, North Carolina. And they traveled to the Caribbean on a missions trip. They were down in Tobago, Trinidad and Tobago. So they were in Tobago. And they were on the island of Tobago. And they, they ended up getting near a leper colony, one of the few that are left. And, uh, and they went in there, and they, were, they ended up having a worship service with a, with a leper colony. And, and, man, they just had this great time singing songs and, and praising the Lord. The, the, the American pastor got up, and he was able to speak, and he really enjoyed the challenge. And as he's looking out, he sees all these people that are just emaciated that had leprosy. 
and, and their, their, the noses were gone, and ears were gone, and, and just just what was the, just the destroyed bodies, deformed bodies. No memory left its mark, like the one at the end of the service, when the local pastor came up and said, "We have time for one more hymn. Does anyone have a favorite?" And much to the surprise of the American pastor, a lady in the back, she was all bony. Her nose was gone from this leprosy. Parts of her ear were gone. Her face was just emaciated. She had lost her hand, and she raises this little stub of a hand. And the pastor calls on her, and she says, Can we sing, Count Your Many Blessings? Name them one by one. The American pastor took this in. They began to sing, count your many blessings, name them one by one. It will surprise you what the Lord has done. And the man, the American pastor, walked out and just bawled his eyes out. And he said, I've never seen anything like this. Here's a lady. She doesn't even have a hand. Her nose is gone. She's been emaciated by a disease. And she's saying, I want to count my blessings. And today, folks, I want to take us as a church. And I want to ask you this. Do you spend more time counting your blessings recounting your blessings, or do you spend it counting your problems or recounting your problems? God says, let's come in and have a thankful heart. Oh, folks, I know this is a lot of pain in this, and it's okay that we have pain. I don't like pain. I hate pain. I hate grief. These things are hard, but can I just tell you, the answer for you today is just come and say thank you, God. Thank you for every good and perfect gift. And Lord, I don't understand the world that I'm living in. I don't understand my situation. I don't understand, God, but I thank you that you love me. I thank you that you care for me. And you know what you're going to be doing? You're going to be sending a thank you card to God. And he says, I want you to get up again to do it tomorrow. And I want you to come back at noon. And I want you to come back this evening. I want you to do this daily and multiple times a day. And pretty soon you'll be like the pastor who walked down the hall and said, Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And the people will wonder what's going on with you because your world's falling apart and the, the talk on your lips will not be about the falling apart, but it will be about the praise of your God. Oh, man, this leprosy. Those people had it and they said, count my many blessings. Name them one by one. Let's close in prayer. Father God, we thank you for this day. And I ask that you'll be with each person in this room, Lord. Be with each person who's joined us online. God, we we struggle with this, Lord. We we struggle. We we deal with lots of pain, lots of discouragement, lots of problems. But, Lord, greater than that is the gift that God has given to us. Thank you, Lord, for the cross. Thank you for rising again. Thank you for giving us eternal life. Thank you for allowing us to gather here today online and in this building. In your name we pray. Amen. God bless you. You are dismissed. You feel blessed, torn, and deep amongst, and every second passed with thoughts of me. Hi.
you loved it and even see it as a sacrifice. Creation, you made it all. I'm just dreaming. 